Lightning strikes and the moon lights up briefly. What 1998 film are you watching? The answer to that at the end of the show. My name's Tom Scott and this is Lateral. Returning to the show, we have three guests, all from the podcast, Let's Learn Everything. And I really hope they have learned everything because I can guarantee that some of everything is coming up in the questions today. It was beautiful chaos last time, so to to plug the podcast this time, let's go to Ella. First, tell us about the show. We are the three co-hosts of Let's Learn Everything. It is a mostly a science podcast where we cover a big main science topic and we ask a little science question, but we also cover miscellaneous stuff. And we just have a real good old fun time of it. Yeah, what was the phrase you just used, Tom? We gotta put that on the on the. Uh, yeah. That's real good. Beautiful chaos. chaos. What was a, a beautiful, beautiful chaos, chaos? I think is what I said. And on that note, having having not been introduced yet, Tom Lum. Hello, hello. How was it last time on the show? Were you? This is your second episode. How are you feeling? Feeling good. I. Uh, uh, I feel good to rely on my co-hosts who are all very smart. Uh, I feel like I gotta, I gotta really push through this time. I feel like Ella, Ella really carried us. I gotta, I gotta show. Yeah. I um, did carry you guys. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ella's this is not also, feeling competitive at all. This has this. happened twice recently where someone has accidentally set themselves up as the villain of the episode. Yeah. And- <laughs> Us three, we're, we're teaming up against Ella, right? We're, we're going to do, it's good. This is good for the episode. We'll oh, do no. one take. The first one is cooperative and this one is competitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one of the trio, Caroline Roper. Hello. Woo. Woo. The least competitive of the three. How did you find it last time? I had a lovely time. I really enjoyed uh, watching Ella answer all of the questions. So I feel like this time <laughs> I've got I've to really step it up, you know? <laughs> I liked that too, Caroline. <laughs> For those of you listening for the first time, lateral is like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube while riding a unicycle on a tightrope. But that makes it sound way too easy. So I'm going to start you off with the first question, which is, why might a certain type of musician need a cup of rice every few years? I'll say that again. Why might a certain type of musician need a cup of rice every few years? Ooh, okay. I'm going to stay quiet for a second. I would... I mean, if it's rice-based, then you, I have to assume it's something to do with... I mean, they're not eating it every few years. That would be a terrible diet. Right, right that would be stupid. Who would think that? That would be ridiculous if someone... <laughs> if, if if one of your co-hosts thought that. Oh, thought that just... oh you sweet, <laughs> sweet thing, Tom. Every oh. every every classically trained soprano knows you gotta, but every few years, have one bowl of rice. You're only allowed one cup of rice. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, Caroline, yeah. <laughs> I will say also quickly, Tom, I have um, solved a Rubik's Cube on a unicycle once, not on a tightrope. This is harder. <laughs> <laughs> Are they replacing an element of their musical instrument? Ooh. No, they're not. No, I, I was going to say, as someone who's dropped my phone in many yeah. bodies Ooh, of water, yeah. including the toilet, I know the effectiveness of rice <laughs> to draw yeah. out the water. I, and I know. M- Moisture is very important for like guitars and stuff like that. Like you have to have like proper humidity for like the wood. So my my brain goes to that. But but also what's interesting is like every few years. And it's also only one cup of rice. I feel like if you're trying to dry out a large musical instrument, yeah. Fill up the entire guitar with rice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is it to do with retuning 
or retightening an instrument or something. I'm thinking about like how rice might rattle on a drum if it's not tightened Ooh. properly. Is it that I would have thought it was something that you blow into, like a woodwind instrument? Because that all your saliva is getting into the <sighs> instrument. Oh, that's so a lovely thing. That to is think. true. That is lots of yeah. lots of brass instruments do have a spit valve, um, which I, I also that is contentious. Apparently, uh, a lot of people like to be like, no, it's a condensation valve, uh, but it's also a, it's a spit valve. <laughs> <laughs> we have a piece of equipment at work, small tangent, where you uh, like blow into a tube and then cornflour comes out of the top and you set it on fire and it makes like a cool huge. Uh, and we recently cleaned out the tube. Ooh, and oh it, no. yeah i don't it was it was so bad i don't think rice could have oh. saved it to be honest um. <laughs> you are almost along the right lines there although i will say why are you blowing into it like use a bellows use it you, get a... <laughs> uh you, you think museums in london are gonna provide us that sort of equipment no <laughs> yeah, okay you, you make a good point no I've, I've seen that done with like some explosive powder once and it's like yeah it's not yeah. going to get this in your mouth we're going we're to use a bellows but okay fine corn flour you can museum mm. employees you can yeah, you can do what you want with them <laughs> museum so employees new. graduate students they're all kind of the, the, yeah. the more disposable oh. parts of academia i have heard a professor <laughs> say that once He's he, he, I forget what testing it was, but it's like, yeah, we use graduate students. They're mostly disposable. I'm like, I don't, I don't think you should have said that on camera, but it's going in the final video. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, did we establish what instrument it was, or will that give too much away? Honestly, you've said most of the words that are in the answer. We've also said a lot of words. I mean, that is that is true. It was it was the cornflower bellows. Corn That's flower what bellows. <laughs> cornflower fire instrument. The the. The. The? Is the in there? Uh A? Rice. Huh. Every few years, a cup of rice. Is it for drying out? That's my main thing for for that. Um, Rattling is a thing that... Not not every few years. It's some... But it's something that that accumulates dust and dirt and mildew a bit more slower than a, a wind instrument with a spit valve would. Oh, so are you putting the rice into the instrument and shaking it to like knock dirt out? Ooh, sort of like how you like clean um, stuff with salt, like an abrasive maybe? Wait, yep. you know how I took um, the mickey out of Tom earlier for saying that you put it into a guitar or something? Is it along those lines? It's exactly along those lines, yes. <laughs> you put rice in a guitar? It's an then- old-fashioned way to clean a guitar. You put rice into the sound hole, you tape it up, you spend a long time shaking it round, and it will just scrape and scratch every little bit of that wood, not enough to damage it, enough to take off the, the little bits of dust and mildew that you can't easily get out. Ah, that's kind of clever. Huh. I will say, you know, it's an absolute nightmare getting all that rice out, though. You know, you're, you're <laughs> rattling for the next couple of weeks. Boy, howdy. If you've ever lost a pick in the guitar, you know that this is not. <laughs> As always, each of our guests has brought a question along, too. So this time we're going to start with Tom. Whenever you're ready. All right. This next one is a listener submitted question. Outside the historic University Chapel in Lexington, Virginia, a gravestone inscribed General Robert E. Lee often has apples placed around it. Why? I'll read that again. Outside the historic University Chapel in Lexington, Virginia, a gravestone inscribed General Robert E. Lee often has apples placed around it. Why? 
is okay is he thought to be a ghost but he was also a doctor in real life so an apple a day is the doctor <laughs> yes. yes very good. i love it i wondered where you were going with that and yeah <laughs> um it's funny you're asking this to the three british people who have like no i'm oh, yeah. i think generally yeah. mm-hmm. generally is like quite a famous if i'm like yeah his name civil war guy i think he's the confederate Leader. Yes. I think he's one of the Confederate leaders. So mm-hmm. the the losers in the Civil War. The losers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's Virginia. This is was this one of that is Virginia one of the states that was the bad states. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the losers. Oh wow. Okay, we've got three Brits trying to tiptoe around everything <laughs> to do with the American Civil War. Even here. even worse than that, Tom. Even worse than that, Tom. You have an American who is totally okay with telling you guys wrong information because it would be funny. <laughs> Virginia, Virginia is actually it's one of the last states. It's near Alaska. It was. Um, uh, Virginia, if I remember, was one of the original colonies, so it's northeast. Mm-hmm. I don't know actually which side it was on Not in the Civil War. Super relevant. Okay. Yeah, I think that, that that might be one of the the. I could be wrong that that's also part of the reason why there is like the West Virginia difference is because it was like along that line. Um, so it is sort of like on the, the border between the hard north and hard south, but that is not super relevant to this. Okay. Because I was wondering if it was like if he was if he was a one of the bad guys and then and then but he was buried in the rock like a different state then it would it'd be like a warding off evil thing you know Ooh, yeah. <laughs> an apple a day keeps robert e lee away yeah. <laughs> um he really liked apples <laughs> is it some weird sign of respect for him sign of or... disrespect it is a sign of respect oh I, I, oh i love this this is a great question because Robert E. Lee is not getting much respect, to be honest. No! Yeah. Probably yeah. shouldn't be. So why are they leaving Apple? Wait, wait a minute. You said in the question, did you say mm-hmm. it was his grave? Or did you say it was <gasps> a gravestone with his name on it? A very interesting question, Tom. Okay. I did say a gravestone inscribed General Robert E. Lee often has apples placed around it. It wasn't his gravestone. It was someone else's and... Or it's just celebrating the fact that he died. Or is it? <laughs> is it just part of him? What? Like, oh, no. no. Okay. It's not his grave. It's someone else's. Correct. Is he actually buried under an apple tree? And then sometimes people bring him apples. That's interesting. From the tree? No, no, no. Mm. I, I would focus a bit more on the thinking about the apples. Who, if it's a sign of respect, who would love uh, an apple as a sign of respect? Um, a horse. It's his horse. <gasps> Got it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the grave says, traveler, horse of General Robert E. Lee. Oh. Visitors leave apples as an offering to traveler, which is sweet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You can offer apples to his horse. Yeah. That's nice. We're not respecting him. We're respecting his. <laughs> there was yeah. a there. There are some notes here, and it says so. It says the Confederate General Robert E. Lee bought his horse Traveler in 1861, and many paintings and statues depict them both together. After his skeleton was put on display for many decades, what? Traveler was buried in 1971 <gasps> outside the family chapel where Lee himself is buried. Visitors leave offerings such as apples and carrots for the horse. <laughs> 
Oh. Wait, wait. General Lee's skeleton was on display, or Travis's no, skeleton? No, was on okay. <laughs> no, the horse. Because <laughs> there was marginally a... better, but still. Because that reference could have gone a couple places there. Mm-hmm. There's a little garden path there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the horse deserves more respect than that. <laughs> this is also a sweet note. The the brick stable built for Traveler in 1869 still stands, and by tradition, the doors are left open so that Traveler's spirit can roam freely. Pick up those apples. That's <laughs> so nice. Quite sweet. All right, next one's from me. Good luck. Colette adores playing a particular table game at her beloved Paris casino. If she went to a different casino in Paris and betted the same way, her losses would only be half as bad over the long term. Even so, her decision to play at the first casino is financially rational. Why? One more time, Colette adores playing a particular table game at her beloved Paris casino. If she went to a different casino in Paris and betted the same way, her losses would be only half as bad over the long term. Even so, her decision to play at the first casino is financially rational. Why? If this is a probability-based question, I'm signing out. I don't do maths, <laughs> and I won't do it for you. It's yeah. my time to shine! All right, so let's get some tea distributions up, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> it's, it's so it's 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 one casino in Paris because because you said if, if she went to another one in a different one still in Paris it would be different. So it's just the one. I was worried it might be like a currency thing. Uh, it still uh. still might be, but um, it's a table game for odds. There's and there's two parts to it because one is that her odds would be better, but the other is that it's still financially sound to yeah. do this. Part of me wonders at the last half if it's like her casino and she's trying to be like, no, oh, guys, it's great. I'm having a great time, actually. <laughs> it's super cool that like I lose a lot of money. And then, yeah, the, the question does say financially rational, like by gambling standards. If you're going to yeah, gamble, right. Right? Yeah. if you're going to yeah. accept that house edge, then the losses will only be half as bad at the other casino. Half is a lot. But the wins will be more in the current casino then, if it's financially. Well, is it that it's not necessarily that the wins would be like better where she currently is, but she's less likely to get like pickpocketed or something ah. like that? Ooh, or like a tariff of some kind. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know how hard the 50% number is. Like if we should be like mathing that really out, if it's like it. a... It's like the the person at the the roulette table is colorblind, and so they can't tell which one is uh which. which. Also, I, I don't know which, if which table game matters. Uh, okay. Ooh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Can I can I sh huge shot in the dark? Yeah, go for it. it go for it. it. I, like, does the time period in Paris matter? Because part of me wonders if like if like this is like a they play with a card with like without the king and the queen like to try to be oh that um, would be so good wouldn't that be very cool they take them out and so maybe that affects the probability this is modern day they still they still don't play with the king and the queen in Paris yeah yeah they they still hold shoulder a grudge yeah 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 does the type of game matter is very it very much so there are okay. there are two okay. tricks to this question okay Ooh. so Ooh. i don't know what un unlock one you'll game. unlock the other easily but there's there's a, a trick in the wording so we got we got roulette we got blackjack we got poker i don't think it's cheating um, if we just list all of the, the <laughs> yeah <possible games. laughs> wait to see if tom can hold a poker face or not when we say that <laughs> no i can't Ooh, yeah i really can't <laughs> <laughs> i've played one poker game for money in my life and it was in vegas uh and i it was a big tournament i got through to like the second round what? Of, and that was and that of like five 
And it was purely because I, I pl- didn't know what I was doing and played conservatively. <laughs> like, I just didn't bet all that much. So all the people who were in like, oh, yeah, no, put a big bet down, just went out early. And so I got through to the second round where there were people who were actually good at poker and I lost oh, no. very quickly uh, and completely. Wow, but I did it as a tournament because there's like there's one buy-in that's all you can possibly lose. And like probability is you'll lose it, but it's not like you can keep adding more money and keep losing or anything like that. It's like, I'll take the hit. That's also really interesting, the the like the like skill and probability of of um of uh of those kind of gambling games is very interesting we we did a topic on or a question about like games that computers can beat humans at and there are poker ais that can do statistically better than humans based on like th- things like rational thinking when other people are not and, and other things like that which is very interesting and imitating the the behaviors of like bluffing and stuff like that yeah apparently a lot of the like lower level players in online poker are bots now because it's good yeah, enough really? that wow. you can now have something not just send the commands, but also fake up the mouse movements, make it look like a human. That's oh. And they oh don't win goodness. against professionals, but you don't mm-hmm. need to. You just need a table with more suckers than you. Yeah. That's wild. Wow. Uh, this question, however, is not about poker. <laughs> not about poker. <laughs> uh, it is roulette. It is absolutely roulette. Ooh. Yeah. You, I think you kind of intuited that because you, you made a couple of roulette references earlier on, uh, despite not knowing the game. And yeah, it, it's roulette. My ma- my mind immediately went to roulette because it, it is a 50-50 odd game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Generally, right? If you do black or red. Mm-hmm. So this, the, the ball, there's two balls in this roulette wheel there's three balls there's a, you get to throw a handful of balls onto the roulette wheel <laughs> uh it's an honor system roulette game where you just gotta go like hey what's that yeah trust me yeah, yeah that's what i was thinking that <laughs> hmm is something different with the numbers with the colors there's like the numbers. more numbers oh oh there are fewer numbers there are there are fewer numbers on the other roulette wheel and there's a reason for this. <laughs> there is. And, and the reason is... And there's a trick in the question. So... Uh, oh! I'm going to give you the question mm-hmm. one more time here. Colette adores playing roulette at her beloved mm-hmm. Paris casino. If she went to a different casino in Paris and betted the same way, her losses would be only half as bad. Why is she still going to that first Paris casino? Now, there's less numbers at the one she plays on. Which, so... which number gives the house its edge? What can't you bet on? 21. I don't know what... Oh, we got three people who've never played roulette. All right. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's what we're learning um, here, isn't it? Yeah. I've never, I've never played roulette before. Or no, me neither. Know anything about Is it. Is it zero? Yeah. And okay. on some tables, it's zero and zero, zero. They have two on there that the house wins all the time. It is possible oh. to bet on the zero, but uh, it's excluded from like red and black and things like that. Oh, okay. It's, it's a yeah, green yeah, yeah. number. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Does she say something tricky? Like she just like muffles. She's like, zero, zero. And then, <laughs> and then like, she's like, no, I said zero, zero, actually. Oh, no, but there's something um, very tricky in that question. You said her beloved Paris Casino. Is that the name of the casino? That is the name of the casino. It is the Paris Casino in Las Vegas. <gasps> With the oh, replica of the Eiffel oh, Tower. 
and the difference is that American roulette wheels have the two zeros on them. Oh, God! Oh. <laughs> That's, That's so... so tricky! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm thinking back to that. So that was the first thing I said. Tom, Tom, you are a liar. You have a great poker face because you you watched me walk straight into that point head first to be like, hmm, so it's two of them in Paris and establish that right away. Yeah, huh? I was... The thing is, if I'd have if I'd have said anything at that point, it would have given the whole game away. Yeah. The whole thing yes. away. If she went to another casino in Paris... Yes, the house the house edge would be 2.7% instead of 5.26%, but she'd have to travel to Paris. And is that the financial difference? And that's she the financial difference. She to play for a plane ticket. Oh my God. That that's is amazing. the most tricksy question we've had on here in a long time. There's like three tricks in that. I feel like I should apologize for that one. <laughs> We will go to Caroline for the next question. Over to you. Amazing. Uh, the humorous book, Couplehood, by Paul Reiser, begins on page 145 and continues from there. It's not a mistake. The author claims it's a win-win situation. How? I'll say it again. The humorous book, Couplehood, by Paul Reiser, begins on page 145 and continues from there. It's not a mistake. The author claims it's a win-win situation. How? What this makes me think of is the is it the idea that like you're starting this relationship midway through? Like like because I I always think about like um I I think that there might have been a movie that did this where it's like you know like the whole rom com does it until they like actually are in a relationship and then it just like credits ends but it's like what what hey what happens after that so i'm oh, part of me is like maybe this this is like implying that like yeah like hey, you skip the awkward start of the relationship <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and now you're like it's start you're starting again starting a new thing um is that not it caroline no i'm trying to think of any other books that have done like weird page numbering things i'm stuck on um no that was curious instant of the dog in the nighttime was chapter numbers there's, I'm sure a couple of the Thursday Next books have done like metatextual stuff, but I can't think of anything that just starts at 145. One of my, one of my favorite stories that um, uh, a previous guest on the show, Cleo Abrams, uh, Cleo Abram, we had, um, I, was, I was doing a live with her and she was telling me a story of how she read the book Snowpiercer. I believe it's Snowpiercer or maybe it was Snow Crash. And, um, Those are two very different books. The, was it about yeah, a train yeah. or was it about a hacker? I think it was Snow Crash. Um, and so, um, she got a misprint though, where the pages were out of order, but she thought that was part of the gimmick. And so she was like, oh, I get it. It's like, oh, it's cool. I'm the hacker. I have to like figure it out. And it took her like 20 pages to do this. And I, I could not believe that. It, um, uh, very good. But, uh, uh, is it, there is nothing it's... tricky happening in this book. There are no blank pages There's or anything. No... After the introduction, the first page is number 145. Did he write it with his wife? And they couldn't decide <gasps> on where to stop the book. <laughs> <So laughs> they settled. We'll for split the, the difference, Happy. Wait, is is the is it the second book in the series? And pages one to one hundred and forty-four are the previous book where it, where it's it's not on couplehood. It's on trying to find a partner. Singlehood. <laughs> Singlehood. <laughs> so yeah. No, it's it's not anything like that. 
Is one forty-five a specific number? Is is, is oh yeah? It is it like, meaningful? Is it a yeah. date or a no? No, it isn't. It's just like a middle of the book because it feels like it's just like a middle of the book number. Because <laughs> things I've written down in front of me, I, I've written twelve squared plus one, and I've written a a d e because I've been translating it into like letters or anything like that. No, okay, fine. It's an arbitrary number. Great, wonderful. <laughs> Oh, so no, so in Roman numerals, it doesn't say anything. No. Nope. Interesting. Nope. I hadn't done Roman numerals. Oh, my God. I love your, your codex brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, the, so is the number, like, meaningful in for love or no. relationships? The, the number isn't meaningful. There isn't a previous book. Starts in the middle of the book. It's like the book is... And the numbers go up, right? Yeah. They go up in a normal order from that. It's a comedy book, so I imagine, or it, it sounds like... It's a humorous book, yeah. It's a humorous book, so I imagine it's going to be like, um, maybe it's like you throw away the first half because it's normally not very good. It's like, is it a metaphor about relationships? It's not even that complicated. No, it's, not, <laughs> it's, just, a, it's just a misprint. No, it's not a misprint. Did they want to, to just like seem like they had a lot of more pages than they thought? Oh, wait, Tom, say that again. They just wanted to make the page, make it seem like it was like a 300 page book when it was actually like 150 page. <gasps> they got commissioned to write a longer book and they, but they didn't produce it. So they had to lie and say that it had more. It wasn't necessarily for such uh, nefarious reasons. Did they want it to end on page 420 or something funny? <laughs> <laughs> so it could be, so it could be so sold as like a novel and not like a short story or something. <laughs> It's so the author can claim uh, to have written a longer book. It is a win-win situation, though. So, yeah, how oh, do that's you think the reader could benefit from this? They can say they've read a longer book. Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Just to make the book seem like more erudite that you're like reading and you're halfway oh. through, you're like, oh, oh, they're on page like 264. Yeah, literally, that's what it is. So, <laughs> Riser claims that the reader can start reading for two minutes and truthfully say, I'm on 151 and it's really flying. It just sails, baby. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He continued on to say, you'll feel like you're accomplishing something and I get credit for writing a bigger book. Everybody wins and it costs us nothing. Dang it. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm also surprised people haven't done that before. That's a great right? idea. Honestly. <laughs> Next one's from me. Good luck, folks. Seamus Nathan Wynn is a tour guide working in Virginia. Interviewed in 2015, he says that on a typical day, he walks about five miles backwards. Why? One more time, Seamus Nathan Wynn is a tour guide working in Virginia. Interviewed in 2015, he says that on a typical day, he walks about five miles backwards. Why? Facing the crowd. Yeah, surely. You just walk backwards when you're talking to the... Yeah. If that's not it, I'm going to be really angry. Well, yes. He has to face the crowd, but tour guides don't usually have to do that all the time. Like, for five miles? Like, you'd turn around, you'd point. have the crowd follow you, you'd go to the next spot. No, this is, this is uh... continuous. He is always walking backwards during his tours. Now, Tom, is this 
actually Virginia or is this the Virginia Casino in Las Vegas? I didn't know there was and, a Virginia and, Casino in Vegas. Yeah, no, it's great. And they have they have like a giant version of uh, the Robert E. Lee uh, 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 memorial. <laughs> oh, that's there. fine. We got, we got two <laughs> Virginia questions in this show. Yeah. yeah. I, I was wondering what landmark you were going to go to for Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> that, obviously, it's the Apple Grave. Everyone knows. Right. Yes. The Apple Horse Grave. Yeah, it's the Horse Grave. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Tom... Tom Lumperson, um, mm-hmm. you do you know anything about what is in Virginia that is interesting? West Virginia, mountain mama, Mountains. take me home, country roads. That's West Virginia. <gasps> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, are they famous, you know, for their their constantly backwards moving travelators? And so he always has to be walking. <laughs> In the wrong is it, direction. Is it him that's walking or is he riding something? He is backwards? walking. Yeah. He is walking. Okay. And you are most of the way there. There is a landmark in Virginia. And if you knew what that was, the rest of the question would solve itself. There is a reason why this tour guide has to walk backwards. Oh, really? It's a Virginia landmark. If he looks at it, will he turn to stone like Medusa? <laughs> yeah, no? the the, the oh. Medusa site in, uh, in yeah. Virginia. All, the old Virginia myth, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's just as famous as the uh, Apple Horse Grave, yeah. right? Yeah. Duh. <laughs> is, he's restri- is he is restricted to walking backwards? Um, is he not allowed to look at it for some reason? Based on like gender or something like that? Oh, is religious reasons he doesn't yeah. look at it? No, you, you got it early. It's to keep an eye on the crowd. Oh, because they're going to do something. Are they going to pinch something? Heel. Is this Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> oh, oh, um. Is this Willy Wonka? He's like, you can't fool me again. I lost, I lost so many kids last time. <laughs> <laughs> or is it to stop people from leaving things behind? Oh, yeah. It's like a national park and they... It is all of these reasons. I mean, not the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory one. Um, and to be fair, <laughs> if you if you set Charlie and the Chocolate Factory here, it would be <laughs> genuinely awful in so many ways. Um, and oh, I will come back to that when you solve like a, where it is, because I want to drill down on that a oh, little. I can't, um, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't. Is it like a, is a dangerous place, like a mining facility or something like that? If it's to steal, stop people from getting lost or from stealing, or... Then... And to stop people from putting things there. Is it like near the capital, maybe? Is it, is it related to, to D.C.? Yeah, Virginia is right next to Washington, D.C. Is, is, it, is it like the tour of the White the House? The Oval Office, yeah. Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah, now you're getting very close. And I think it might have to be Tom the American that puts the final piece in here. But you're, you're in the right area. Physically, metaphorically, he is keeping an <laughs> eye on the crowd as they go around this site metaphorically an eye <laughs> a metaphorical eye what what in dc would make a horrible charlie in the chocolate <laughs> also when i asked you tom if anything was in virginia you could have said washington washington's not in virginia washington is not a state there are the 50 yeah, yeah. states and then there is washington dc separate absolutely not a state oh, oh is it i really and I also i Associate it more with Maryland a little bit because it's like sort of in the in, on the border between the two, I believe, right? Maryland and, and uh, Virginia. Yeah. So this is not in D.C. So it can't be the White House, can't be the Capitol building. Uh, it's just over the Potomac River. It's a monument of some kind. It's, it's not the, the, the graveyard, is it? The, it's um, very much a restricted site. 
the Pentagon? Yes, it's the Pentagon. Yes! He is a tour guide at the Pentagon, which is why that would make a terrible Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yep, uh-huh, yeah, no. The whole Department of Defense war weapons thing. That's just a a really bad Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that is. Yep. Seamus Nathan Wynn, interviewed in 2015. Genuine name, genuine tour guide. Tour guides at the Pentagon have to walk backwards so they can keep all their guests in vision at all times because there are a lot of secret areas around there. So it's like a rule. They have to do it. Then yep. That's crazy. I don't think I can walk backwards for more than like a minute. That is such a skill. Their calves must be absolutely hench. Oh my goodness, yeah. I hear they also do that at the Pentagon Casino in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> yes. the for, for authenticity. You are actually allowed to take photos during the tour. It's just that they keep an eye on you in case you are taking a photo off through the doors that you might be trying to poke your head through. <gasps> there is oh one tour route and you are only allowed to go on that tour route. This is so stressful. I cannot imagine. Ella, we haven't had your question yet. So whenever you're ready, go for it. Yes. So thanks to Vasco Casimiro for sending this in. And the question is, in Turkey, some cafes refilled their Heinz ketchup bottles with a cheaper product. What minor change to the bottle allowed customers to know that they were getting the real thing? I'll say that one more time. Whoa. In Turkey, some cafes refilled their Heinz ketchup bottles with a cheaper product. What minor change to the bottle allowed customers to know they were getting the real thing? Is it some kind of like tag or seal on the cap so that when you screw it off, yeah, is it like a, a marker on it? Or? Here's, here's how paranoid I am about these questions, because it's the last one in the recording block now. We, we've been doing a load of these. We've just had the Paris question. And I'm reading this like, what minor change did they make? To, did, were they refilling them with mustard instead of ketchup and they went transparent? <laughs> with, with, is, is the real thing a reference to Coca-Cola and actually they were refilling them with Coke? As, <laughs> <laughs> I'm drilling well, they, down on every word now. You need to take. You gotta take a lateral break, Tom. Oh. Yeah. You're gonna be around. You're gonna be like looking at ketchup everywhere. You're like, there's gotta be something different. So is is it in it is is the thing that changes about it what is like distinctively different, like because of what they add to it, or is it like a like a seal or like a, a label that they add on top of it to like be like this is real? It's it's a change to the bottle. It's not to the ketchup itself. Interesting. So either it's a marker that people can look at to see that this mm. is this has not been tampered with. I'm also thinking about like how there's like glass and plastic bottles of ketchup yeah. and like how there are some that like oh, yeah. are upside down and already so that when you can do that. But you can still refill it's... an upside down bottle of ketchup. Can I ask, is it like maybe it's like clear as opposed to being opaque or something like that? Like I if, think all if, ketchup if, bowls are clear now, aren't they? Yeah, but if you wanted to like fake it, you could just be like, oh, just trust uh, us. This, this. Is it something to do with the ability to refill it? Like, is there something in the way no. to stop you? Okay. What would you cut ketchup with? <laughs> <laughs> Water, I guess. Corn syrup, if it's the US. It's not about cutting ketchup, but, you know, they're putting a, a, an alternative in, in these cases. Because that's a problem. This is this is some obscure knowledge. The the vinegar you get in British fish and chip shops. So you get salt and vinegar with your fish and chips. 
and it's normally like big big thing of salt, big bottle of vinegar. Except a lot of the time, that is not real vinegar. It is like what? synthetic. It is just uh, ethanoic acid, some flavouring, some colourings. It's like really cheap substitute vinegar. What? And they what? get that and they have to water it down. It just comes this concentrate. Like, there's a couple stories of, of them accidentally putting the concentrate out there and like burning customers. Um, oh, oh my goodness. But what normally happens is they cut it with too much water. So sometimes if you're in England, you're like, this vinegar is really... Doesn't taste or anything. Yeah, they've just put too much water in there to cut it further, <laughs> and you're just basically just moistening your chips with oh. water. It's not a pleasant. Oh. <laughs> this is actually really good knowledge for the British people. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, so I did a video on that years ago, but I didn't realise that sometimes it gets watered down too much. So it's, it's actually I'm not happy with that video at all because, like, if I was making that video these days. I would get an actual bottle of the concentrate and run experiments. Like, how much can you water down? I am writing that mm. idea down. If by the time this episode <laughs> has come out, there's a video about how much can you water down vinegar before people notice. Yeah, you've got it. Well, you know, there was like William Osmond did the what was it? How many? How much wood chip could you put <laughs> oh, into? <yeah. laughs> Like rice Krispie was... treats. It was it was yes, wood dust yeah, yeah, yeah. in Rice Krispie <laughs> yeah. treats, and he went from zero to a hundred percent. And it turns out, twenty five percent wood dust. You don't really notice it. It's just a bad Rice Krispie treat. I feel so bad for his partner who had to try them. Oh, to put us slightly back on track. Oh, yeah. It's not about <laughs> watering down the ketchup at all. It's about being able to tell if they knew they were getting the real thing. So there's like a warning that says this ketchup should slide out at this speed. You need to hit the underside of this ketchup bottle 50 times before anything <laughs> actually comes out of the damn thing. It's like a, yeah, like a physics test. Like when people like, uh, like yeah. swirl soju and stuff like that, like you have to like shake it. If you shake it, does it make a different sound? It is in its way a test, I would say. Is it some sort of, you know how like we have universal indicators for like, oh, Oh, is there something in it that changes color if it's not real ketchup? Or no, not or they quite. just they just print the color the ketchup should be on the label, and if you refill <gasps> it with a different one, it's it's different. Yeah. You, you got you got to compare that what? the label matches up. What? No way! <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. <gasps> they just changed the label border to the Heinz ketchup color. Oh, that's clever. So you could do a precise color match. The label actually read, is that Heinz? Check with the colour of the label. That's wow. clever. That's very That's clever. That's really clever. <laughs> that is really clever. But you know, I would be spending time, if I was going to use fake, <laughs> it, I'd be spending time like try, changing the colour of my ketchup in the back room, yep. like <laughs> testing the different food <laughs> Instead of printing money, we're printing out new Heinz ketchup labels with different colours on them. To oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they can trademark the ketchup colour. Because like Coke have trademarked their <gasps> oh. red, like it's it's illegal to make a ketchup that is Heinz red. You've got to you've got. To, they can't do that. Surely they can't do that. No. Well, if corporations can do anything, yes. then they'll try. Yes, they will. <laughs> Which brings us to the final thing, the thing I asked the audience right at the start of the show: lightning strikes and the moon lights up briefly. Which 1998 film are you watching? I'm thinking Frankenstein, but I... 1998. I 1998. 
Is it actual lightning and the actual moon, or are those? Oh, they're they're on screen. They're on screen. This is not this is not you okay. watching a film, and this happens outside to some supernatural reason. No, but like, is it lightning or is it like a character named Lightning? Yeah, it's Lightning McQueen. It's cars. <laughs> yeah, my brain immediately went to Lightning McQueen. <laughs> on strike. He's on strike at night. <laughs> a bolt um, of lightning strikes and the moon right. okay, everything. Okay. The movie bolt. Now now we've gotten too lucky. <laughs> <laughs> the lightning casino in Las Vegas. It can't be as simple as that just happens to be the iconic opening to an iconic film. Or can it? Lightning Moon, the movie. I was Three years old in 1998. Oh. So, oh, <laughs> I would have been maybe one, maybe not born. Caroline, yet. no, don't hurt him! Don't hurt him! He's already dead. Don't hurt him! <laughs> this run, someone has just stabbed me in the heart. <laughs> I, I told, I literally told Sabrina, I can't wait for us to. <laughs> Are there any are there any podcasts run by baby boomers that I can invite three people on from? Because between answering progress and you, so close to getting away scot free, and then yeah. at the last on oh. the last record on the last session on the last question. Okay, you you should know this. This is a film that the the title of it has become Back to the future. has become a reference. Even if you've not seen the movie, you'll know what this is about. Lightning Moon. Yeah, that's it, Tom. It's Lightning Moon. Well done. <laughs> Lightning, Moon. Yeah. Lightning Moon 2, Electric Boogaloo. Well, have a, think, have a think about this. If the moon lights up when there's a lightning strike, why is that happening? Why could that happen? It's not, is it a model of the moon? Yeah, you're getting there. It's definitely a big clue about what's going on in this movie. The animation, claymation, maybe... To be fair, most of the audience watching this already know the secret that the character doesn't have, but that's a giveaway clue to the character's position. It's a model of the moon. It, it's a clue that the moon is a lot closer than it should be, that the lightning is a lot closer than it should be, that this character's world is a lot smaller than you might think. Truman Show? The Truman Show. Got it, Tom. <gasps> oh! Yeah, I never noticed this. There's a bolt of lightning in the distance, and the moon also lights up for just one frame, and it is this lovely little subtle visual effect that they added in there. Oh, that's great. Oh, that, what a great film. So when Neil deGrasse Tyson watched that movie, he was like, no, 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 I got you, I got you, I got that. That wouldn't happen. So that is our show. Thank you very much. Last time, Tom, you gave the plug for the podcast, and this time we're going to Ella and Caroline. Tell us about the show and what's going on in your lives. So we can do like an uh, word, one word back and forth. <laughs> so <laughs> let's do this. Let's learn everything is a fantastic science and miscellaneous <laughs> show. <laughs> you got like 10 podcast. seconds. Go. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's a really, really good podcast. We talk about science. We talk about things like the things you talk about on Lateral. Go to let's learn everything pod.com. Find us all there. We love you. We love Good you. Night. It's, it's really funny. You should come and hang out with us. Um, you will learn everything that we find interesting. So, yeah. Guaranteed, you will learn everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to all of you for coming on. If you want to know more about this show, you can do that at lateralcast.com, where you can also send in your own listener question. We have video highlights every week at youtube.com slash lateralcast, and you can find us at lateralcast pretty much everywhere. Thank you very much to Tom Lum. Woo! To Caroline Roper. Yeah. To Ella Hubber. 
Ka-chow. I've been Tom Scott, and that has been Lateral. <laughs> <laughs>